Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. So your life is built on someone else's shoulders. And so the Lord said, I want to use you to basically handle generational wealth. I want to put some things into your hand so that I can do things generationally. I want to establish something in you. But the Lord can't establish it if we consume it all in a lifetime. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome to our online community that are gathering around the, from around the world. Kingdom Rock, let us welcome our online community. Welcome. Welcome. Wherever you, wherever you are and whenever you're listening or watching, we want you to know that you are part of this service and we love you so much. Don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message and you can also give online. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, then we do encourage you to give your best gift today. Love you. It's just that kind of day. Hallelujah! No telling what will happen. Deuteronomy. We're going to start there in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. Deuteronomy, eighth chapter. Pastor, don't you know how to be? You're supposed to be one of the preachers that are. Good morning. <laughs> I can't do it. Hallelujah. I can't do it. You know, it's, it's too late to be fake and pretend. That's right. That's right. Just be you. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 8, chapter, Deuteronomy 8, chapter, we're going to start there today. Remember, we're in this series entitled The Setup. We're talking about uh, end-time financial increase and your responsibilities as it has to do with it. I can tell you now prophetically that your wealth will not come not should I say will not come, but will not only come through uh, buying and selling of houses and through the marketplaces, stocks, things of that nature. You'll have, you'll have that, praise God. But your wealth, this end-time wealth, will happen because of a shift. The Spirit of God will cause people to give unto you. Will give unto you. So we're positioning ourselves to receive that Wealth transfer. There are a certain amount of things that you can do. You can do because you got some, you have some means. Bless you. What a pretty sneeze once again. Thank you, Jill. Um, there are some things that you can do. You can go out and get a loan. You can go out and you can, you know, you can borrow. You can save money. But then there are some things that only God can do. He will do a supernatural work in your life if you allow him to. And so he's positioning us to get ready for this shift. And I'm telling you, I pray that you're with me. So in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, the Lord begins to talk to Israel and he's about, as he's about to take them into the land. And he tells them, when you get over there and you, you build goodly houses and you, and you drink from wells you didn't dig or you're, you're entering the houses that you didn't build, you know, all these things. You have all the money, you have all the cattle and all these things. We're going to, let's, let's go to, let's start at verse number 16. How about that? 
Uh, Deuteronomy 8, verse 16 says, the Lord talks, tells him where he's brought them. Deuteronomy 8, in verse 16, it says, Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. Verse 17, And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hands have gotten me this wealth. That's the tragedies. People say, I'm a self-made millionaire. You're a self-made liar. Are you hearing? No, no. But the Lord said that's, that's that somehow you, there's a trick in the wealth when you think it's you did it when you have it all, that you got yourself there. So the Lord says, first of all, guard against that deception of the devil. Guard against that false pride. When you have all these things, when you got the car, when you got the house, when you got money in your bank and all of that, when you have that, guard against false pride, guard against false humility. And he says, he's telling them here in verse 17, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand have got me this wealth. Verse 18 says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee, what? Power to get wealth. Why? Why did God do it? That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Now, again, notice that word establish. He's going to establish. When you say something is established, that means it's been there for a while. You don't say this business was established two weeks ago. No, I mean, it may began there, but something that's really established has been there over years, maybe decades, it has established itself, like the Bremen Food and Clothing Bank has established itself. The Lord established it, it in 1991. That's a long time ago. Praise the Lord. Kingdom Rock was established in the year 2000. That's 24 years. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Established. So God will give you the wealth so that he might establish something. And remember, you're not really the reason why he's giving you the wealth either. Let's look back at this verse one more time. Let's look back at the verse. The Bible says in verse number 18, one more time, Deuteronomy 8, 18. Look at this. It says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. So you are the beneficiary of someone else's prayers. Someone else was praying. Someone else was asking God, and, and they died in the faith. They died never, not having received it because it would be to you. So your life is built on someone else's shoulders. And so the Lord said, I want to use you to basically handle generational wealth. I want to put some things into your hand so that I can do things generationally. I want to establish something in you. But the Lord can't establish it if we consume it all in a lifetime. He wants to use you to put things in place for future generations. Should the Lord Jesus tarry? Now, I'm not sure how long he's going to tarry, but should he tarry? and not come this year or next year. Maybe he's coming back in year 2050. I don't know. I can't set a date, of course. I don't know when he's coming, but should he tarry, he wants to set things up through you 
for future generations. And not just your family either. He wants to set something up through you that future generations can enjoy. Future generations will know him. That's the purpose of wealth. That's why God is giving you wealth. Now, you can't handle wealth without being wealthy, right? You can't handle water without getting wet, okay? It's, it's, it's just not possible. So you're going to have some things. Now, how many things that you have is dependent upon your assignment, If your assignment does not call for you to have a 20-bedroom mansion, don't ask God for it because it would be more problem to you than anything else. If your assignment calls for you to have a five-bedroom house, fine. If it it calls for you to have a two-bedroom house, fine. For some people, their assignment may may call for them to have a one-room hut with dirt floors. That's where God has put them. The Lord has kingdom everywhere. People in the kingdom are everywhere. If this is the best way that they can affect their community, living in that hut, praise God. Are you hearing? The hut to the mansion. One is not greater than the other. Let me say that again. One is not greater than the other. It all depends on your assignment. We said this before. What is better, a pickup truck or a Bentley? It all depends on your assignment, what God has called you to do. If he's called you to move a lot of dirt and move a lot of tools, I don't want this $100,000 car to do that. I need a truck. It all depends on what God has called you to do. So never be envious about what someone else has. That's theirs. Praise God for you. Yes, praise God. And never be down on yourself thinking, oh, I only have this one bedroom and God must not like me. No, there's no difference between that one-bedroom house and that 10-room mansion. It all depends on your assignment. Because remember, you're only going to be here for a little while. Now, science is very correct. 100 out of 100 people will die. Just a matter of when and how. What you're going to leave behind. Your destiny is not here. It's with him. It's with the Lord. And his rewards far outweigh and exceed anything that you could ever think or imagine. Let me tell you one dream that I had. and We're going to go further. And I thought this was so phenomenal. I shared this with a few people. So phenomenal. I was at this, I guess, this award type ceremony in a a heavenly place. And of course, the Lord was there. The Lord Jesus was there. And I saw him give, he called up an angel, and this looked like a, looked like a female angel. I, I don't know. But he said to the angel, here, this is your planet. I said, wow, you gave that angel a planet? And I thought, well, a gold watch wouldn't do it. Or any measure amount of money won't do it. Now, it's an insult if you are a billionaire and you say, Here, here's $5 for your help. Okay, you just insulted me. You have billions and you gave me $5. That's an insult. I'll take your $5. But it's insulting. You have billions upon trillions of dollars. Here's a dollar. Let me break you off a dollar. That's an insult. 
So here's your father, your God, that owns everything. Universes upon universes upon galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies. He created it all for him to say, okay, you're for your labor, here's some gold. It would be out of proportion. So for this angel in this dream, this heavenly dream, in this dream that he gave this angel a planet. I thought, well, yeah, I guess that's about right. He gave the planet. Praise God. But then, Lord, what will our reward be? What will, if you give a planet to an angel, what will our reward be? The Bible says that he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We cannot even imagine the wealth of heaven. You can't even imagine it. You hear the scripture that says that the, that the roads are paved with gold. It's just, just like rocks. You cannot imagine your father's wealth. That he can turn everything over to you at an instant and change your life in a moment. You say, why doesn't he? Because we're not ready yet. And so he shifts your mind. Remember, the change must happen first in your pocket, or rather in your mind, before it happens in your pocket. The change must happen in your mind first before it happens in your pocket. If the change happens in your pocket, you can go out your mind. Too much, too much to someone that is not ready, I'm telling you, you will lose your mind. But when you have the proper mindset and you're ready for it, when it pours into your life, it's all good. Are you hearing? So the purpose of wealth, again, as we talk about money and stuff, purpose of wealth, because God wants to establish something generationally in you. Generationally in you. Remember, the Lord said that he would that he makes the faithful, in so many words, makes the faithful able. He makes the faithful able. He rewards you based on your faithfulness. He said, if you be faithful over a little, he'll make you ruler over much. So the road to having, the road to receiving, is how you are with what you have right now, this very moment. You can't say, well, one day when I get all of this and then I'll start giving and then I'll start. No, it's just how you are right at this very moment. Are you hearing? Let's go to Luke, Luke 12. Y'all stay with me today now. You got to celebrate with me because I'm telling you that it's a setup. The father is setting you up. Setting in just a little while, you won't even know your life. How differently it will change. But you must be grateful for what you have even right now. I was at home even yesterday, and it was very, of course, very cold last night. I thought, Lord, it's in the 20s. It's in the teens outside. But I'm warm in my house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I may not have this and that, but I thank you for what I have. And I'm grateful for what I have. The song, it reminds me of another song. It could have been me outdoors with no food and no clothes or just alone. We'll stop it right there. It just breaks out. It could have been me. But for the grace of God, 
Oh, Lord. Luke 12. Luke 12. Let's go there. Luke 12. Why don't you see this? Luke, the 12th chapter. We're going to start at verse number 13. We're going to work our way down, possibly all the way to verse 34. Not today, I'm sure, but we're going to do uh, follow the leading of the Lord today. Luke 12, verse 13, starts off like this. And one of the company said unto him, said unto Jesus, Master, speak unto, rather speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. Again, Luke 12, verse 13. And one of the company said to him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. Jesus responds, and he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Now, understand something. Because verse 13, really, it sort of encapsulates the whole thing. Somebody has died. Obviously, probably the father of this family has died, right? And one thing about uh, death and family, you find out where the greedy people are. Oh, my goodness. You think people got claws and fangs? You're going to see them right there. Something you mean uncle had what? Oh, boy, they coming for it. And so here's this thing here. This is a bunch of mess. They're trying to get Jesus involved with a bunch of mess. You know, people do that. They try to pull you into their mess. What you say about so-and-so, they just want to hear what you're going to say. Then they can go back and say what you said. Then there you are, you in this bunch of mess. You got all this poo all over your feet because you've been stepping all in it. This man comes to Jesus, Master, tell my brother to give me what's rightfully his. Give me his stuff. He has more. I don't have it. I want his. Not something like what he has. I want his. That's a covetous spirit. And the Lord will say this in a moment. That's covetous. It's not like uh, some woman said to another woman, I I want a husband like yours. No, it's I want your husband. That's coveting. Not I want a wife like your wife. I want your wife. I want your house. I want your life. This is a warning. The Lord gives us this strong warning. I mean, again, when, when money comes around, if people aren't ready for it, all kind of bad things happen. For the love of money is the root of all evil. doesn't say that money, we're going to look at this. It doesn't say, the Bible does not say in Timothy that money is evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. I hope you're seeing how the Lord's trying to position your thinking. We should celebrate. Oh, brother, you got praise God. Hallelujah. Because I know that God is faithful. He did it for you. He'll do it for me. I want to rejoice with those that rejoice. But this man tries to pull Jesus into a family dispute. Try to pull him in. Jesus said, who, brother, I mean, who, man, who appointed me to be the executor of this estate? He said, no, I'm not letting you pull me into mess. Uh, Please help me tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, please don't let them pull you into mess. Because understand, he wanted Jesus to say something. Speak. Speak to him. Say this. And there's your name all over Facebook, all over the news, all over this because of what you said. Because you got involved in something that you should not have been involved in. I'm not sure who the Lord's talking to. 
Let me give you this very good saying, very good saying. I want you to hear this and really, really, really remember this. When a man howls at the moon, when a man howls at the moon, a few people notice, but it's soon forgotten. But when the moon howls at the man, everybody notices, and it will never be forgotten. Okay? What are we saying? If they confront you, you're doing well, and they confront you on social media, and this they saying all this stuff about you, it's just the man howling at the moon. But the moment you say something back at them in your position, in your standing, they will take what you say and blow it up everywhere. Tade. Are you hearing? No, just be. Give it to God. Are you hearing? Verse 13 again. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divine the inheritance with me. Verse 14. And he said unto him, Man, who I love that Jesus. <laughs> I love you, Lord. Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Now look at verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists of not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. He says, beware of this. Now, why would the Lord say beware? Because it's a trap that you can easily fall into. He says, take heed, beware of covetousness. Now, covetousness, covetousness means greedy desire for things. Greedy desire for things. And here's a new word. Maybe some of you may know it. Avarice. Can you say avarice class? Very good class. Avarice. Avarice means an excessive or extreme desire for wealth or things. An extreme, we can say an extreme greed for wealth or things. So the Lord says, watch out for avarice. Watch out for an extreme desire for it. Because when people lock their sights on, it's like a dog locking, it, locking its sight on some, uh, some meat at a barbecue. <laughs> I told you about Roger, didn't I? I'm going to tell you about him anyway. There's a family having a barbecue. And family barbecue, they had all kind of stuff out. They had barbecue, they had ribs, they had... Uh, you know, they had um, hamburger, they had hot dogs. And little Roger was running around there. Little Roger, he gets into stuff sometimes. Little Roger was there, and the person that was there flipping the burgers and all this stuff in, uh, no, he had um, hot dogs on the grill and all that, and everything was, you know, smoking hot, and it was great. He had to go away for a second, went to the house. All the family were in the house. All of a sudden, they heard, They ran out the door. What's going on? Roger had gotten a big piece of rib, slab of rib in, your, in his mouth. They said, why didn't he let it go? He couldn't let it go because it was too good to let go. So even though it was hurting him, it was too good to let go. 
And we go through all of life. Why don't you let him go? Why don't you let her go? That's what a lot of people do. Why don't you just let it go? It's no good. It'll get bad after a while. Watch out for avarice and extreme greed for wealth or material gain. Watch out for it, the Lord says. It looks good on the grill. Watch out for it. Are you hearing? So he said, take heed and beware of covetousness. Listen, here's his word. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. That is so big, it is incredible. The wisdom of the Lord just confounds me every single time. It is magnificent. He says, a man's life does not consist. The word consist there means to be made of, right? Or to be uh, composed of. Your life is not about a bunch of stuff. Your life is not about a bunch of stuff. Simply, Lord, saying, watch out. Don't allow your mind to be entirely or in part hijacked by the pursuit of stuff. Uh, Life does not, uh, your life does not consist in the overflow of abundance, overflow of stuff. Now, that goes contradictory to the world because the world says the more stuff you have, the more happy you should be. I got plenty of stuff, so I must be very happy. We think of that of the, of the people that are wealthy. Man, you got a big house. You got, a, you got all these fine things. You got all this stuff, so you must be very happy. But some of the most miserable people I've ever known have been some that had all this stuff, but they did not have Christ. It's not your life does not consist. It's not made up in the abundance of stuff. But the world says more stuff, you'll be more happy. So that means if you have less stuff, you're sad, you're unhappy. That's the bill of goods that the world sells to us. So the Lord says, watch out for that, for that avarice. Watch out for that extreme greed for stuff. Because remember, the Father tells you and I to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added to you. So we don't seek things. We seek the kingdom. We seek the kingdom. We seek his righteousness, his way of doing things. Hallelujah. God has no problem giving you things. He does not want the things to have you, right? Let's go on a little bit further, and we're going to begin to close out. Oh, let's go. Yes, let's go. Go ahead and go to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6. Let's go ahead and go to 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter. 1 Timothy 6. We're going to get here as we begin to close very shortly. I hope you're getting this this morning because it's a whole mindset shift because the, what they've called the, the American dream was to work really hard so you can retire Retire well, have a lot of stuff so that you can take your ease and don't have to worry about anything anymore. That's a lie. Why is that? Because money does not give you ease. 
Only Jesus gives you the peace that you need. Only Jesus gives you peace. Again, you can have lots of stuff and still have no peace. No peace. Peace is worth more than money any day of the week. And that only comes from him. Look at 1 Timothy again, 1 Timothy 6. So again, God has no problem getting you the well, giving you, giving you thousands, millions upon billions. If your assignment calls for billions, you'll have billions. The only trip up to that would be you and your mentality based on it. Why would the father give you something that he knows is going to kill you or ensnare you or entangle you? He wants to make sure that your mind is right first before he, yeah, he'll fill your mind first before he fills your pocket. Let God fill your mind before he fills your pocket. Because the opposite would destroy you. He fills your pocket first, and then you lose your mind. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world, but loses? He does not want you to lose your soul. Are you hearing? First Timothy 6, First Timothy 6 says this. And remember this very well. Underline this in your Bibles and take notes, what have you. Underline this. It says, 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, verse 6 says, But godliness, that is, living in obedience to God. Godliness, that is, when you live in obedience to God. But godliness with contentment. Contentment is inner peace, knowing that you are living a life that is pleasing unto God. It says, godliness, that is, you live in your life in obedience to the Father, with contentment, inner peace, knowing that you are pleasing unto the Father, that you're doing his will. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That is, it is great wealth. And this is what we, many, don't understand. We, under, we think that money, houses, lands, possessions, will be great gain to us. But the Bible is very clear. Living a life in obedience to him and knowing that you are doing what he's called you to do, knowing that the Father is pleased with you, it's great contentment. It is peace. Everything else can be built on that framework because you live a life pursuing him and you have his peace. You can add to that. But you can't get that through things. Are you hearing? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Look at verse 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So Lord brings us back to a moment of sobriety and clarity. Remember, you're only here for a short time. You're here to make an impact, and then you leave the scene. We're only here for a short time, whether your short time is 100 years or whether it's, uh, you know, whatever years it is. But you're going to make an impact, and then you're out of here. Time is not even a blip on the, on the, uh, as compared to eternity. You're only here for a moment, and then we're going. We're here to be trained. We're here to be equipped, and then we're going. Remember, you're here so that God can train you and equip you for what you'll be doing through eternity. He gives you, he puts people in your life and some of those people that you'll be working with through eternity. He said some, not all. 
But the ones that you're closest with, the ones that you really feel a good kingdom, kingdom connection with, you'll be doing something with them throughout eternity, some way, some form or fashion. The ones that the Lord really connects you to, really connects you to. He trains you here. He gives you relationships here in order for you to find your assignment, get in your assignment, and then he promotes you on to your eternal destiny. Contrary to popular belief, we're not going to be sitting on clouds with harps and just looking at each other. We're going to be having the time of our life, enjoying Jesus. He created us to work, to do things. Hallelujah. He created us to produce and to bring forth. And we're going to do that through eternity. But it's something that you've never known or never experienced, but He's preparing you for that, preparing you for that, grooming you, grooming you to handle certain sections of the kingdom. Remember, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give it to you, and he will give it to you. But he's grooming you now. He's training you now for what you shall be, for what you shall do. Hallelujah. All right. All right, so again, the Bible says again, verse number 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Verse 8, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Verse 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which draw men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10, help me read it. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet, coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Again, the father wants you to have the wealth. Why do we know that? Because he wants you to establish. He wants to use you to establish his covenant, his promises in the earth. He promised someone else something. He wants to use you to establish it. He wants to give it to you so that you can do what he wants. In other words, you're a manager. You're a steward. The day that you begin to own the money that he gives you is the day that you begin to lose. It has to pass through your hands because you're only here for a moment. He wants you to establish something, establish his will. He wants others to be brought to him. And we're in the soul winning business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he wants to use you to do that. But you have to think bigger, higher from more than what we currently are. There's something greater, so much, so much more greater that that's at, that's at stake, really. Let's go back now to um, Luke 12. We're going to begin to stop here. I hope that you're getting this today. He wants to put generational wealth in your hands. God wants to put generational wealth in your hands. Look at your hands. He wants to put generational wealth in your hands. Generational wealth in your hands. He wants to increase you with skills, knowledge, and ability to produce wealth. Remember, when this world sees wealth, it gets their attention. We talked about that the last time. Talked about that poor man that saved the city, but people wouldn't hear him or, or he was forgotten because he was poor. When you have little, you have less influence in the world system, in the world's eyes. So God will equip you with wealth. He'll equip you. And again, wealth, may, there are different degrees of wealth. If you're in a third world country 
and you have one hut, but in that hut you have all that you need and more, you have wealth. Wealth is more than what you need. You hear me? Wealth is more than what you need. And what you do with the overflow determines your character. What you do with the overflow determines your character. Now look at this and we're going to begin to close. Luke 12 again, Luke 12, verse 16, Luke 12, verse 16. And he spake, the Lord Jesus, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth what? Plentifully, verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He had an abundance. He says, I don't have any more room to keep it all. What you do with your abundance, what you do with your overflow determines your character. Your character is determined or is clearly seen with what you do with your overflow. Even if your overflow is a dollar, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Well, Pastor, I don't have to worry about that because I don't make enough as I, I don't have any overflow. Well, then there's a malfunction there because you should be having overflow. Money is going somewhere. Are you hearing? Look at verse 18. And he said, this will I do. Speak about that, uh, the, the scoundrel there. This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build bigger, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, what? Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Verse 21 so is he that so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, next time we come, we're going to talk about being rich toward God. There's nothing wrong with having a savings account. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with having investments. But again, the lure of money is I have it. I need to keep it. I need to keep it all for me because I never know when I'm going to need it. Now, all your needs have been supplied, and we're talking about overflow. We're talking about living out of the saucer. Your cup is full. Your cup is full. And now you have, uh, it's still overflowing out into your saucer. What you do with that saucer determines your character. What you do with that saucer. Now, again, we have a tendency, I'm going to keep this for me because I just don't know. And in doing that, we're saying, I trust in money, but not in God. I trust in the things that I have acquired to keep me, but not God. How you handle your overflow determines your character. Trust God with it and without it. I'm telling you, as you do it God's way, you'll always have. Because that's his plan for you. You must have an overflow. He's not talking about this man who had barely enough and wouldn't give anybody anything. No, no. He's saying this man had more than enough. And what he do with it determined his character. So I tell you today that uh, let the Lord use you. One of the biggest things that we're going to have to do is we're closing now. We're closing now. So some of you are going, oh, thank the Lord. Ooh. Oh, thank God. Ooh. 
I know online community, I know it. Woo! That was hot. Woo! But one of the things we need to do is repent. After you have believed in Jesus, you must repent. And repentance is something that we'll continue to do until he comes. We've got to repent. We always have to repent of any darkness that's in our lives. Repent. Be baptized. And I tell to any of you that are, that are listening now and those of you watching online, repent. You believe in Jesus? Wonderful. Praise God. Repent. Be baptized. Some of you need to be baptized in water once again. And some of you need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Repent. Be baptized. And seek God's word for revelation of Jesus. To see Jesus in the word of God that you may continue in the faith. And last, fellowship. Fellowship. Who you hang out with can make all the difference in the world. Hang out with people on fire and you'll start to burn. Hang out with wet wood and you'll be hanging out with wet wood. Some of y'all come up with something clever about that. Just write in and let, let me know so we can use next time. But bad company corrupts good character. Okay? Fellowship is so very important. Where are you going to fellowship? If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life, now is the time to do that. Ask him in your heart. Invite him in your heart. Believe in Jesus. Repent of your sins. Be baptized. Get in his word. Join a fellowship that is on fire for God. I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world. If we can help you in any way, uh, go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. There we can um, send you, you can give your prayer request and send your comment and you can give a financial donation if this ministry has been a blessing to you. Until next time, remember Jesus loves you. So do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. See you on the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.